never leave before New Year's Eve. Have a holly jolly Christmas. XOXO. Gossip Girl. You know when you try to like chew faster and it just um, <laughs> takes ten times as long it feels? Uh-huh. You're like, I gotta get through this. Like that dark chocolate felt like 84 years. <laughs> nice. But like the grandma from the Titanic, which <laughs> you still got never seen. <laughs> but I'm well acquainted with the meme. Yeah, I know the gif. It's great. She's great. Well, hi, I'm Nikki Jensen, and I'm Brie Piconi, and we're late, late to, to the, the party, party, a weekly podcast from two best friends who are mentally still in 2002. That's right. Here we is, or I guess this episode we are in. 1999 which is very timely i because because uh well i've been watching a lot of wednesday uh very 90s very 90s and i'm not you know if i'm not mistaken i feel like that one of the adams family movies maybe the first one came out did it come out in 99 no way it came out like 1990 really yeah but oh it was 91 91 the adams family (laughs) the adams family values christina ricci as a whole yeah I feel like it's very 90s. Sleepy Hollow, starring Christina Ricci, came out in 99. Okay. There and we go. Chris- this Christina Ricci of it all. She also stars in the new Wednesday TV yeah, does, show. Doesn't she make a cameo? So you saw Wednesday. Yeah. I have not. It's really good. Like, the pilot is just so good. And I don't know. I want to watch a lot more, but it's like... It just sets the scene perfectly. And it's cool that Christina Ricci's back, but it's funny because she's not as like, I didn't know who she was going to play. And she plays like one of the teachers or something. You, I didn't even recognize her. She has like red hair and bangs. Hmm. And I just got to say those bangs work well for her five finger forehead. <laughs> not trying to hate, just saying. I'm like, oh, it's actually, it looks, well, it's cute. Christina Ricci is like one of those 90s, it girls or like actresses that I don't know if I've I'm not well acquainted with her work I haven't seen besides the Adams Family I don't think I've seen a movie she's been in oh in Mermaids I was about to say Mermaids yeah hum but yeah other than that I'm you know it's same like what else I feel like she was just around like yeah you know I feel like that too. I, I feel like she's still around. I, I don't. She's, she's never like still left. around. Yeah. But the new Wednesday is good. It's really good. It's really cool how they like take this family and bring them to the modern world and like Wednesday specifically, like focusing on her character and like her experiences of like you know like a teenage girl, but she's like still Wednesday Adams, and it's very much like you can tell they've taken a lot of inspo from the Adams family values. Because, um, like, her character, you know, when she's, like, there's, like, a scene where Morticia's, like, Wednesday's at that age, you know, where she, and the, um, the camp counselor's, like, oh, she's into boys, and then she's, like, no, homicide. Wednesday's, like, no, I'm into homicide or something. And it's just, like, the deadpan delivery of the lines, like, I don't know. It's just golden. I don't know. Sweet. I feel like Wednesday's relatable. Like, she's my favorite. But yeah, I don't know. It's cool because she's like, she doesn't want to engage with technology or all these things. She's just, it's a whole new world. Like, it's. So do they go from like the 60s to, do they like time travel? 
No, they don't time travel. It's just like she doesn't subscribe to modern things. It's basically like if the Adams family were alive today, mm. but it does feel like they've time traveled in a way because they're still just as kooky and spooky. You know what I mean? Like, um, I feel like their characters too are very like, like, I feel like they've taken inspiration from all of the Adams family, like the, the, um, what's the word like not lexicon but like um you know just like the whole i can't think of the word i feel like you use this word a lot uh it's like uh like a body of work like a whole, you know what i'm trying to say like the whole yeah. like i know what you're saying i can't i can't not, think of the word yeah i can't think of the word but like basically taking inspiration from the original cartoon from the 60s show from the 90s like it's all encompassing basically and it's kind of like making the characters their own and but wednesday's the best she's just hilarious like it's i don't know it's really entertaining yes. i recommend it i feel like everyone has been recommending wednesday for a couple weeks now but i feel like in Wednesday, Adam's fashion, I'm like, oh, you recommended it to me? No. <laughs> so, no, like, anytime anyone ever recommends a TV show to me, I don't know why. It could be good. It could be great. Mm -hmm. Anything. I will just, no. I, I don't know why. Yeah. I, like, nothing will bring me to watch it. If someone recommends something, I will not. I feel you. It's a curse. I just was like, oh, man, I got to Because I love the Adams Family so much. I'm like, I just at least have to... Like, my hopes were pretty low, to be honest. Because I'm like, how can they do this to the modern and make it still, like, true to the characters? Like, they're literally dressed, like, the same. Like, it's not, like... I feel like some shows, like, when they try to modernize something, it loses a bit of the feeling of, you know, whatever the characters in the world that's has been created. Sometimes it's just kind of falls flat. But I feel like, the, like, I know it's produced by Tim Burton. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's a big, he plays a big role maybe in that. And I'm guessing he's a fan of the Addams Family. I mean, he's into, you know. I mean, he's Tim Burton. He's Tim I'm Burton. Sure. I don't I'm have to explain. Sure. Yeah. So I feel like that definitely helps. Like the score, like the music, like all these different elements are really like, it all just makes sense. They create like a really cool world. Thing has a, has like a makeover and he has like stitches now. I don't know. It's just like cool. It feels like. It feels like fresh, but also, I don't know, the same. Like, you already know these characters. It just is cool. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah. I um, I love how the big thing on TikTok now is to, you know, like the Wednesday Adams dance. Yes. To play it to Bloody Mary by Lady Gaga. Yes. Because, like, justice for that song. So Amen. That's, where, that's where I can relate. <laughs> I love the Gaga you know, acknowledgement. Same. The justice for Bloody Mary, even though it was just... She doesn't really dance to the song, isn't it? Like Susie and the Banshees. Yeah, it's not that song. But it's like... I, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I love that they took that song and just made it... Like the dance goes to that song now. It goes perfectly, though. It's a vibe. I mean, it's a weird dance. And this thing she does, which I know it's kind of like Monster Mash, Thriller. It's also Gaga. It's like the rah-rah. The bad romance. The bad romance of it all. Which is taken from Thriller. Yeah. So, does Wednesday... Would you say... Like, how's the, how's the fashion? How's the costume design? I would say it's good. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Wednesday's in her typical, like, black button-up dress thing with the white collar, but it has, like, a pattern of sorts. Like, it just, it could work now, it could work then, but she's always wearing black. And then, basically, her roommate has, like, a totally different vibe, which is, like, super colorful, uh, flower prints, kind of, like, a little bit 60s, like, color palette, um, pastels. So there's like juxtaposition. I mean, everyone else's outfits, like I felt, I feel like as far as like the family goes, like their outfits are on fleek, you know, like they're, or they're just like true to the characters, but it's not like, there's nothing that crazy really, you know, it's not. Wednesday's costume is iconic. Yeah. I feel like they got it right. Cause it's kind of, but it's funny. It's just funny to see her like dressing up in this. It is kind of a dated outfit, but it's she's still Wednesday Adams and she doesn't give a fuck. She's going to wear what she's going to wear. You know what I mean? She might be the only one wearing it like all black, but that's okay. Like she like even her school uniform, everyone else's is like maybe blue and some other color, like blue and green. I don't know. But she like wears like an all black version of it. So everything she wears. Oh, and you would love her shoes actually cuz she has like these like platform Ooh. like um creeper situations and things <sighs> like that. Like she has like all of her shoes are really cool. So I thought of you when I saw her shoes. I was like, oh, she would appreciate this. Oh, yeah. I love creepers. I love platforms. Yeah. Uh-uh. Anyway. But speaking of iconic fashion, yes. Brie, today we are discussing the 1999 dark comedy Jawbreaker. Oh, yeah. Starring Rose McGowan, Rebecca Gayhart, and Julie Benz. In this movie is like heathers on acid it like minds the it's like the gap between a heathers and a mean girls Mm. it's decade wise linearly wise sandwiched in the middle um i have mixed feelings about the movie i'd never seen it up until this point i don't know about you i'm same but speaking of iconic outfits jawbreaker is if nothing but iconic 90s fashion. Yes. I mean, everything, like, down to the sunglasses that some of the girls wear, like, the colored lenses. Like, I know, like, Rose McGowan's character, she wears a lot of those, like, they're kind of like the oval sunglasses. Isn't that Rebecca Gayhart? She wears them, too, but I thought hers were, like, orange. Like, there's different... I think, like, Rose McGowan has the ones without the frame, maybe. And mm-hmm. then um, Rebecca Gayhart's Rebecca. the one with the, the she frames. She has the bigger, yeah, the ones with the frames. But they're just, like, the colored, I guess my point is just, like, colored lenses. You know what I mean? Like, just, I don't know. I just love to see it. But, yeah, the fashion's definitely iconic in this. Like, there's so many outfits I feel like we could discuss. I feel like that, too. But, yeah, Jawbreaker was directed by Darren Stein. And it was released on February 19th, 1999. And it was a box office flop, but it became a cult favorite. I can see where it was inspired by a lot of things and how it inspired a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also, apart from the fashion, there's a lot of iconic lines in this film. Yes. That have spanned from the Tumblr Girls... You know, pages back in 2013 to, you know, I just see it in pop culture everywhere. A lot of jawbreaker lines. Got a lot of Marina and the Diamonds Electra Heart. 
Mm. Um. But but yeah, I like I said before, I'd never seen this film. Have you? No, never. Um. Yeah, I was like, like when I saw the just like the poster for this one though i was like hey like this looks like it's gonna be great or like the um the trailer just like the fashion the way they walk in just i don't know it's something so nostalgic about it even though i had never seen it and, and i think a lot of it is maybe the fashion or just the idea of like the most popular girls in school you know like because I, I do think about mean girls it's hard not to because i feel like that's the movie that we grew up with that's our generation's heathers or jobber like we're the mean mean girls generation yeah and i can definitely see how they have drawn inspo now that i've seen this and yeah yeah i like like you i growing up i saw the movie poster at the blockbuster and i mean the colors in the movie poster alone just like the bright pink and the green you know, it's very eye-catching, like Jawbreaker in all the different colors. Yeah. You know, with like the fabulous girls, like Rose McGowan in the center looking like a baddie. Like, yeah. For sure. That's, <laughs> you look at that and you're like, that's iconic, especially as like a kid. But even now, I think like, it's just the colors. The colors. Yeah. It's like that, that like lime green, that, yeah. that pink. Just like aesthetically. It just really, it's cool. It's one of those movies to watching it and how it was was marketed at the time, like semi remember, <laughs> you know, like this wasn't like a big movie. It was one of those cult movies. It was like it, it kind of reminds me of Dick. It's not as good as Dick, mm -hmm. but like the type of movie. It kind of reminds me of like a Dick. It reminds me of like the Buffy, the Vampire Slayer movie mm -hmm. in a weird way. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, this 90s genre of movies. Yeah. It's kind of, like, that's grown into cult status. Mm -hmm. It's I can't put my finger on, like, the words to describe it. But, yeah, it's, like, certain movies that are always, like, satirical and, you know, like a, like a Parker Posey joint. Yeah. Or, you know, something on the the cutting edge. I, it's It's hard to describe, but... I think I know what you're saying because I feel like it all it does kind of make a statement or something about like, well maybe about girls or like 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 how you value looks or like in high school like certain things like taking it to the extreme though you know what I mean like these girls who are like essentially the plastics like what will you do for popularity like you know I don't know just making it kind of dark I don't know if I'm articulating that right I'm like just well, like. Well, that's not really what I'm talking about. I guess I'm just talking about more, like, not about what they're about, mm. but just the more, like, there was this type of film in the 90s mm -hmm. that was, like, I don't want to say subgenre, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, like, Okay, like, February, this was around the same time as She's All That came out. Okay. It, as far as, like, teen film, this wasn't, like, the teen film to see. It wasn't, like, super polished or glossy. It wasn't. It was just, like, not counterculture, but, th but this, yeah, like, a certain genre of film then that was, like, a satire that 
you know, was like a cult favorite that was like smarter, that was biting a little more. Yeah. Like going in a, like just pushing things a little more. Yeah. And it wasn't like meant to be a box office success. Like it wasn't like a movie in this way. I don't want to say like a B movie. Right. But it was like a... Like, there's these films in the 90s. I remember, like, like teen versions of, like, a best in show, if okay. that makes sense. Yeah, like, there's, like, an element of comedy, but, like, just uh, maybe absurdity? Yeah, there, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, a dick or a party girl or, yeah, like, they're, like, renters or like they're like the the, this movie in a weird way seems like the teen version of my hipster dad's vhs collection okay you know yeah it's very yeah it's kind of niche it's like yeah yeah i know what you're saying like i I don't want to say it's a b movie either but like i don't know how to describe it because it's it's something well, before we get into the movie, would you like to talk about the box office this week? February 19th, 21st, 1999. Yeah. Tell me your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, concerns. So number one was Mel Gibson's payback. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> me neither. I mean... I- Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's cool. I don't know. I just wasn't seeing payback. I, yeah. A uh, message in a bottle? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is either. It's like a Nicholas Sparks oh. joint. Um, My Favorite Martian, October Sky. I, th- I saw my favorite past. Martian. <laughs> I saw... That's what I was about to say. The, I know where I was this weekend in 1999, and I was seeing Christopher Lloyd yes. in My Favorite Martian. Exactly. And he was. He was, he was mine. <laughs> yeah. Christopher Lloyd is great. I don't know. I love him. I feel like he was around, too, a lot in our childhood, just, like, being goofy. Back you know? to the future. Yeah. You know? My Favorite Martian. He played, like, kooky characters very well. For sure. Well, and I remember, like... My favorite Martian, it's one of those movies that definitely is, like, lost in time. But do you remember the Disney Channel, like, pre-Lizzie McGuire and Not So Raven, or, like, Disney Magazine? Like, the tiny ones you get in the mail? Like, they marketed My Favorite Martian so hard. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. So, it's like, yeah, I feel like this is weird. Like, if... If anyone can relate or brief, you can relate. Like this weird time where, like, like I know message in a bottle or p- people were watching that and payback and October Sky, but like that wasn't being marketed to me. Like the forgotten my favorite Martian movie with Christopher <laughs> Lloyd, yeah, was like that's what was pumping out at me. No, same. I feel like I was inundated. Like little <laughs> inserts in magazine, whatever it was, or TV. I don't know. It, I mean. The marketing worked for me. <laughs> um, 
number six was Shakespeare in Love in oh, the yeah. box office. So it was like a leftover yeah. from um from you know like Oscars, mm. which I love Shakespeare in Love. Hot take. Yeah, I know it's like a big thing to like rag on Shakespeare in Love <laughs> nowadays, but yeah, I love that movie. I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, She's All That was number seven. Mm-hmm. Office Space, Rushmore, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, Life is Beautiful at number 11, 12 Patch Adams, number 13, Opening Weekend, Jawbreaker. Mm. Dang. Well, it's down there, right? Yeah. I, yeah. Not the most lucky number, they say. No. It made a million dollars. Hmm. I mean, but this isn't that type of movie, you know? Yeah. It's funny. I think, like, we talk about some movies that are, like... They become, like, cult or... Yeah. Like, we're we're either talking about typically, like, a Twilight Mm -hmm. or Jennifer's Body, which it's... Which this movie did make me think of Jennifer's body, just because I feel like the character, like, Courtney, I feel like she's very, like, deadpan, and she doesn't give a fuck. Like, a lot of, like, in Jennifer's body, you know how she's, like, you know, the whole school, like, there's, like, people that are dying, Mm -hmm. and she's, like, ugh, boring. Like, she would say things like that. It's, like, that same, like, no remorse, no care about anything, you know, just, I don't know, It's but it's to a level that's, like, Almost not human. Or it's just like yeah. psychopathic, maybe? Well, like, Rose McGowan's Courtney is a sociopath. Yeah. Completely. Definitely. Um, I love Jennifer's body. I, I, like, see, Jawbreaker, I'm very mixed about. Okay, I didn't enjoy it. I really didn't <laughs> like it. No. But um, I love the fashion. Um, if we're talking about Jennifer's body, I think. I think Diablo Cody's writing for Jennifer's Body brings a whole other level to that movie. Megan Fox's performance. Mm-hmm. Like, I just enjoy Jennifer's Body more. I enjoy Heather's more. I enjoy Mean Girls more. I can appreciate Jawbreaker. Okay. For what it is. And I, like, love it in that way of, like, a subgenre of, like, almost B-movie mm-hmm. type of movie. Like yeah. the hipster dad video shelf. Right. Having Jawbreaker, I love that. That's a moment, but like, you know. <laughs> wasn't, it's not one you'd personally want to own. I think I would love to own it on VHS. Oh. Because this is like one of those movies I used to look at on VHS. Like, I don't ever need to watch this movie again. But now I get the references. Like, I get certain... I love certain elements of Jawbreaker. hmm But as a whole, it's interesting. Like, it's sort of... Have you seen She's All That? No. I know. I, sh- <gasps> I, I need to. That will change next year. <laughs> okay. Um, like, Jawbreaker for me... Kind of reminds me of 
she's all that like i think she's all that is a charming movie because of its leads mm-hmm. and there's enough nostalgia and the music's enough i think like for me jawbreaker maybe because i saw I've seen Mean Girls. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, there needs to be more music at this point. Or like, why did they edit it like this? That I feel like in She's All That, you can breeze past like some of these like awkward moments a lot more. Uh Uh-huh. Because they probably had a higher budget. But also because they like kept the banging soundtrack. Like they kept things moving. I think Jawbreaker really just is like... All it, the elements are there to be iconic, uh-huh. but the actual it's great in like Tumblr quotes, but the actual movie is like the it's a little stilted. Like it's like the weirdest editing. It's like the weirdest. It's just like an odd movie. But what did yeah. you think? Okay, I you know I agree with you. It is odd, and sometimes the music like honestly i enjoyed most of the music um but i felt like some choices were like confusing like why would they pair that with uh you know that scene or whatever like like at the end when they're throwing the corsages or whatever they're playing like young at heart and it's in like slow-mo but i'm like but why this specific song like um like you know how in the joker movie like Joaquin Phoenix is like singing a song and it's kind of like oh the Gary glitter yeah like it I, I don't know if they're trying to do something kind of like that but I don't know I don't think that song really fits some of the songs I thought fit well because it kind of reminded me of like a almost like maybe a 60s kind of vibe or something because it was like like the sound of it the um I shazam you know how I love to shazam but I was like who is this um the frigs I don't know. They kind of had like a, like, it sounds kind of like the B-52s or something to me. I thought they were for like two seconds, but I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting choice. It's weird, but it kind of fits the scene, but I don't know. And then the shots where they're like, like there's like the crime scene shots and it's like a totally different tone of the movie. Like, it's very interesting. And I wonder if it's like, like I read that like the director originally, like he wanted it to be a horror movie. And then he kind of made it more like it It started to become funny, I guess. Like the script just was kind of funny. And then he kind of leaned into it and thought about the whole idea of what a jawbreaker, like the dichotomy, I guess. Yeah. What it represents. Which is so cool. I love that. But I feel like it could be pushed even further because I love weird things. And it verges. Ooh, sorry. It, it's like it's maybe almost too much in the bubble gum pop of it all or something you know how like mean girls is very bubblegum and very like you know it's very it's pretty light i mean there's some dark aspects sometimes where Regina george gets hit by a bus but it's not like it's not like that serious but this movie like takes it to another level it's like you know i don't know it starts out very dark but it just but it never goes full heathers yeah i don't i and i haven't seen heather oh but I wanted it to go even darker, so I don't know, you know, like, I thought, like... I agree. I thought they were going to do something really fucked up, like, more fucked up or something, which I would have been disturbed, but I would have been like, whoa, like, what the fuck was... I don't know. It would have been different. I don't know. I agree, because I think, like, there's a lot of ideas in this film, or like you said, like, the the thought about, like, a jawbreaker being this candy that if you, like, lick to try to get 
to the center like so much mm-hmm. your tongue will bleed like that's like a cool concept yeah everything about this is so cool and rose mcgowan and all the girls are so cool mm-hmm. and the fashion's so cool and like i kind of i disagree with you about the music for me i really loved when they went full like like the opening sequence with volcano girls or you know like the very like whole garbage yeah sounding oh no i'm not mad at that and i thought but i thought when they went like full like 60s like 50s style uh-huh it got awkward okay or i guess sometimes i wish they just would play songs over things there were like weird points where this movie would just like have like no music or like low music where mm-hmm. i'm like i oh, gotta be blasting it okay yeah no i actually i i did like the um the more like punkish kind of vibe that was going on the more angst like like when they had um even just like at the prom like the that girl group that was just like up there i was the like donna's uh, the donna's yeah who the donna's were on the mean girls soundtrack oh wow those are the real donna's yeah the donna's were the ones playing at the prom oh shoot oh that's awesome i didn't realize that well, anyway, but yeah, I don't know. I appreciate this movie, though. I know I was like, I hate this movie, but like, no, I didn't hate it. I appreciate yeah, the way that this is totally a 90s time capsule in a film. Yeah. It gave us a lot. It did. It didn't have to. It didn't have to, though, but it gave us a lot. Yeah. It's better in memories. It's kind of like the 90s, probably. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. Just remembering it. Uh Um, But living... No, I I don't know about that. (laughs) Like, Like the uh, 90s... I mean, I was very young. The 90s slapped. But it's like memories in general. You know? Like, at the time, they're kind of slow. And shoddily edited. Like, you don't need these, like, TV, like, boop, 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 sound effects. Like, there's, like, too much. Like, in life sometimes, it's too much. Oh. You mean, like, when people were doing things? Like, when the guy, like, sticks his tongue out or something and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. And or, like, like um, oh, when they uh, transition. <laughs> They'd just be like, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Oh, dang. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I don't know. This movie's better to remember it. okay yeah um but what were the reviews like well despite the negative critical feedback jawbreaker found success through home video release and subsequent television airings and it's developed a cult following um days magazine published a similar feature crediting the film with inspiring 2004's mean girls and praising the dark tones and performances which I feel like it's just so obvious. Like, if you have seen Mean Girls and then you watch this, you're going to be like, oh, like the way, basically, like that whole opening sequence, the way they walk mm-hmm. in, like the slow mo, the narration of like each girl, like what it all means, like everyone wants to be them kind of thing. Like, you know, whatever the narrator says is just sets the whole tone. And then the fits too, you know? But hot take the better costume design than Mean Girls. Yeah. No, I I love the outfits so much. Like just like the 
H to T dressing, you know, like the even just like the purses they would carry to match their outfits, like the lime green of it all, just everything. Yeah. I don't know. I loved the fact that Rose McGowan's character was like the one that wore corsets or mm. like I think Rebecca Gayhart's character is like the unsung fashion hero. Just I feel like everything she wore with her circular rose tinted glasses. Yes. Because she's the one with the rose colored glasses. Oh. Mm. I don't know if that was on purpose. But that makes sense. But I love the whole, I guess I love that element where it is like Greece mm-hmm. meets Pam Anderson in the 90s. Yes. Like tube tops meets <laughs> like the ants on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes. Like the hair. Judy Greer literally <laughs> looks like the one aunt on Sabrina. Yes. I, the, I know which one you're talking about. I think the one that's like more fun or something. The skinny one. Yeah. Well. The not as fun one. The skinny one, I oh. think. Yeah. The one with the the hair that looks just like this. Mm, I don't know. I, I guess I have to look at these ants again. Yeah. Like, Judy Greer has this hair. Okay. Yeah, I guess she does. In my mind, the other aunt had, the had like, crazier hair, but maybe I'm just tripping, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that looks totally like it, like, kind of flipped out. Like, I guess it's just from, like, that one era of, so I didn't realize looking back at Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I don't know, I only watched for a short amount of time. Gotcha. I've gathered. I don't know. I know you were a stan throughout the whole series. Maybe her hair changed? I think it did. I think both of their hair changes eventually. Like, it just gets longer and bigger. Like, both of them. It just, in my mind, that's what I remember. It just keeps getting longer and, like, wider. You know? Because their hair is full of secrets. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But... Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when an exclusive clique of teenage socialites accidentally murders their best friend Liz on the morning of her birthday, the three girls responsible, Courtney, Rose McGowan, Julie, Rebecca Gayhart, and Marcy, Julie Benz, conspire to hide the truth. As the trio make over nerdy reject Fern Mayo, played by Julie Greer, and groom her to take Liz's place, crack police detective Vera Cruz, Pam Greer, launches an investigation that will turn Reagan High School upside down. I don't know why crack police detective. <laughs> Crackpot. It just sounds like like a like a, you know a police officer like looks for. I don't know. Just like the. I'm sure. Pam or on rear. I don't know. As a police detective was putting the crack down on crack dealers. She's cracking down on crime. Cracking down on crime. Yeah. The way she slammed her hands, like, her fists on the table and the jawbreaker on the table to, like, scare the girls was like, ooh. I don't know. I love Pam Greer. She's awesome. But, uh, okay, okay. So, Liz is, like, the most popular girl. And she's, like, the nice one. And Rose McGowan is, like... The evil one. The evil one, pretty much. But... I love this idea of, and and I want your thoughts, like, it's a thing with girls, with females, with women, but especially when you're girls. But anyways, so, like, 
they are there to surprise her, like sorority girl style. Yeah. To kidnap her. Why is that a fun thing? Like, it's very like room raiders to kidnap someone. (laughs) No, it is not a fun thing. Like, I mean, if my friends did that to me, I'd be so like pissed off. Gonna kidnap you. That's like horrifying. They like like I I don't know the way like it starts out. Like I thought they were like dudes and like like you know it looks very the purge like masks or something. Like that's like so horrifying. You're gonna be scarred for life. They put on the sugar and spice masks. Yeah, like this girl's like literally in her underwear waking up. She just turned seventeen. Like, like it's all like you know what? At least like. You know, okay, kidnap your friend, but, like, don't leave her in the trunk for, like, an hour on your destination. They're just, like, laughing about it. They're, like, you know what I mean? I just think it's insane. I I don't know. I don't think that's a funny prank. She's probably never going to look at jawbreakers the same again, you know? Well, I mean, she dies. Spoiler. But, um, yeah, I just think it's a really fucked up thing to do your friend. Do not. Like, I love, too, how it's just a thing that they do. They're, like... Like, it's revealed later on that, like, the previous year, they also pulled a prank on her. And, you know, when um, Julie, when Julie tells, um, like, that boy she's interested in, she's like, yeah, you know how girls just, like, prank each other? I'm like, no, they don't. That's not how it is. Girl things. But, yeah, I do. I do love how it takes, like... It's a it's a very like teenage girl thing to kidnap someone. I don't know why that's like a thing. That's a lot of work. Like carrying a whole person that's like wiggling around and tying them with rope. I don't know. It's fun, <laughs> adventurous, I guess. But but yeah. So she gets murdered because Rose McGowan stuffs a jawbreaker in her mouth. Yeah, but just like supposed to be a candy and harmless and. But that thing's huge, though. Like so huge. Are were you like a jawbreaker kid? I've never had a jawbreaker. Were, were there mini ones? I don't you remember. Do have minis? Maybe I've had a mini one, but I've never had one that like I don't know. I wouldn't know what to do. I've had a jawbreaker before, but I've gotten so bored very quick. It's gonna take way too long to like. Like what? What is it, the purpose? Why would they even make candy like that? They make jawbreakers make me so mad because I feel what? like, yeah. What is the purpose? I don't know. You know? I mean, they look cool, but, like, you can't eat them. Can you? Nikki, have you ever? No. No. I've, like, sucked on one, and then I was like, meh. But if we're talking about ball-shaped things? Yeah. Do you remember Wonder Balls? They were, like, chocolate circles with, like, sweet tart-style, like, Disney characters or certain things inside. Were those the ones that were banned? Or... Oh, were like the Kinder Eggs? Yeah. Had the toys inside them? No, they're a little different. Okay. But anyways, let's just move on. Okay. Um, So yeah, like like you were talking about before, the strut down the hallway in slow-mo scene mm-hmm. is to the teens, yoo-hoo, and it's like a signature feature of the film, Um, but, you know, Mean Girls... And not another teen movie. Probably, I can't think of any right now, but like a plethora of others are paying homage to this scene. Mm, so that makes sense. It's cool to know where it came from. Yeah. No, I feel like I've seen a lot of movies that have that 
I don't know, that scene. It's like the new sign. It's like, yeah, it's the signifier of like, we're the mean girls or we're the popular girls. Yeah. Slow-mo walk down the hall. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And um, Rose McGowan's Courtney Shane's become like a pop culture icon on social media. Uh, yeah. I, at TribecaFilm.com actually even declared, they said every single line reading was a thing of Betty Davis and aspiring beauty. And with any justice, it's a performance that will only grow in esteem over time. Yeah. Which... She kind of scares me a bit. Like, you know, just like... I think Rose McGowan just scares me in general. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I don't know. She's interesting. Love her, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think Courtney Shane is iconic. Like, I feel like that... This character is so good. It kind of takes these certain, like, more bitchy elements of her character, Rose McGowan's character, and Scream, and kind of makes it... Like, I think just Rose McGowan's line delivery and just her essence mm-hmm. and her interpretation of, like, a sociopathic mean girl. Yeah. It's... It's very interesting. It's, like, it's unique. It is. It's, it's, um... It's, uh, like, often imitated, never, never. replicated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think it's interesting, too, because, um... Well, apparently Natalie Portman and Kate Winslet were both considered for the role of Courtney. And... I don't know. It's kind of hard. I can kind of see Natalie Portman, you know, doing it. Like, I feel like she plays characters that have, like, a good, like, a darkness to them. But it, I don't know if it would be quite as sociopathic. Or, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and Kate Winslet, I don't know if I could see that. Like, no. It's just, that'd be too hard. Like, I could see her as one of the nicer, like, um, you know. I don't know what to call them. The, the Not the plastic. I, I keep wanting the- to say the plastic. The jawbreakers. Yeah, the jawbreakers. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Rose McCowan just totally takes this role and, and, like, runs with it. I can't picture anyone else playing her. Yeah. She gets too much joy out of other people's pain. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, but there is this level of deadpan that's that's cool, almost. Or, like, serves this film very well. Mm. Yeah. Well, if she didn't keep things moving i guess nothing would happen right like mm-hmm. she's like making all these decisions she's like yeah i gotta keep trucking act like nothing ever happened and live our lives that's what i'm gonna do so <laughs> it's cool deal with it <laughs> anyway oh yeah because she like she t- kills the teen queen oh yeah that's right Lynch. which yeah this film is totally a satire and i totally get that mm-hmm like from just the subject matter to Rose McGowan's performance, it isn't like I think this is the difference between this and a Mean Girls, if we're just gonna make those comparisons, is Mean Girls is like full blown it's just a movie. It's like um you know, there's like a heart behind it. Yeah. And it's just it's more of a thing, like, a stru- the structure is very, it's like the traditional structure where there's, like, a story arc and, like, whatever. This movie steamrolls over that and it's like, no, this is, 
supposed to be polarizing. This is supposed to be a satire. Mm-hmm. We're trying to say something about culture. Yeah. There, there is a cool badassery to that. Yeah. No, I, I enjoy that. I don't know. I, I love satires. How else? Is there anything more about the movie? Because I, I, there are so many ways I want to talk about the fashion. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, well, I guess, like, maybe, like, I just wanted to touch on a couple of the characters real yeah, quick. Go for so, it. So, like, um, well, like, Fern, like, the really awkward girl. Fern Mayo. Fern Mayo, yeah. Which, at first, I thought they were just calling her Mayo because she was just, like, super white and pale. <laughs> but then I realized that was, like, her last name. <laughs> but, um... She's, like, hella awkward, and also she looks kind of like Samara from The Ring. Like, she's given those vibes, you know? Like, if she never fell down that well, I don't know. She's She reminds me of, like, a character. Do you remember the Amanda show? Uh-huh. Do you remember the, like, show within a show, Moody's Point? Oh, my God, yeah. I feel like Fern would be, like, the nerd on Moody's Point. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Definitely. Um... But yeah, she's like the most, like, nerdiest, drabbiest of girls. Yeah. I don't know. I just think I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And then she has that whole makeover. And you you basically can't recognize her. But I feel like the whole idea that, you know, I get people want to change their names and stuff. And now she's Violet instead of Fern. But like... You mean to tell me that no one in the school has figured that out? Because no one knows her. No one cares about her because she's she has dark hair and she looks like Samara from the ring. True. But what about the teachers? Like, are they not roll call? I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, <laughs> maybe it's just like the tiny thing that I just like caught up on. I'm like, but like logically, I don't know. Could you get away with doing that in your school? Like, because you're in the same seats every day, basically. They're yeah. not like... You're such a social outcast. <laughs> like, how much do the teachers not even notice? I don't oh, know. She's such a loser only. The Carol Kane teacher cares. Oh. Which um, I also, yeah. I loved Carol Kane, too. Like, because I feel like this is the most normal character I've seen her play, really. Because she's always being, like, just, I don't know, very, like, eclectic or out there and over the top. So it was interesting to see her kind of just like a normal lady, you know? Still with the Carol Kane quirks, which, yeah, just like I love. I thought it was crazy how Fern, not crazy, I guess, but she's like in love with um, what's her face, Liz, Liz, yes, like she's like taking a photo and like tonguing it at night style, like she's in lesbians for this girl. Which I love that satire because, because like female friendships do have this undertone, kind of like bros, uh huh, like gym bros have homosexual like undertones to them. I think uh-huh. like certain female friendships also have that, hmm. and it's not like always something that needs to be like broken down and deep. But I love how they take that like and make it extreme. Yeah. By Judy Greer's character, Fern, being like, like, she doesn't, like, admire her. She, like, <laughs> loves her. I know. I love how, like, when, um, like, she's interrogated by, like, Vera Cruz, Pam Greer's character, and she's, like, she just lets her freak 
flag fly. Like, she tells her everything. She's like, yeah, I used to sit behind her and trace the freckles on her neck and I'd see sea monkeys or dolphins and all these sh- I don't know. It's like, girl, just shh. Like, don't say anymore. And then the, the, her takeaway, Vera's takeaway was like, oh, so you admired her. You really admired her friend. And I'm like, I was like, I don't know if she just doesn't want to say it or if it's just like, I don't know. But I was just like, it was so cringy because it's like, girl, keep this to yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just kind of like over the top. I'm like, this whole time she's kept all these secrets and now she's going to, this is what she's going to say. Like the five G's. Good God, girl, get a grip. Yeah. I guess she just needed someone to hear it, though, because when they started asking her about the murder, she's like, nope, that's it. I have nothing else to say. I just had to profess my love, and that's that. I'm like, okay. This movie is so good in that way, though. For sure. Yeah, just like... There's so many moments of greatness <laughs> in this movie, though. It's just such a shame. But yeah. Yeah. I do enjoy, like, the humorous moments. Like, I don't know. I am so glad this isn't a horror movie, like, like in the traditional sense. Like, I'm so glad they went into the comedy direction. Same. Because those are the best parts. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I know I was like, oh, I, I kind of wish it was, like, more horror. But I just wish it was, like, I don't know, maybe just a little weirder or something. Or leaned into the weirdness. But, like, I love the comedy. I love a good dark comedy. So... I don't know. I feel like that helps digest the rest of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think so. I don't know. I think I just went in this into this movie knowing that it influenced so many things that I love, and knowing it's such like a like a cultural like touchstone. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. I think I was just expecting like Dick is flawless, mm-hmm. and I was expecting Dick in a in a way, you know. Mm. So I think when when I walked out, I was like, "Oh, it's a lot clunkier than Dick." It like it made this like visceral reaction where I didn't like it, and maybe that's like the critics at the time because there's so many good elements to this this movie, though. Yeah, I know what you're saying. There's something about it that's like I don't know if it's just like also the editing or something. Something's off. Yeah, but this movie's so quotable. Mm-hmm. When uh, I think Rose McGowan says it, but when she's like peachy fucking keen, yeah, or like I killed the teen dream, deal with it. Yeah. What else does she say? There's so many things where I was just like, oh my god, that's where that's from, and like that's so good. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Like I took some. Um, I feel like that is the most iconic line, though. Like killing the teen dream. I don't know. I loved how she just, like, when she kind of bullies Fern after she sees, like, that, you know, she sees Liz in the background. She's like, oh, shit. Like, Liz is dead. She's like, yeah, I know you, Fern. You're nothing. We're everything. We're going to make you one of us. Beautiful, popular, loved, and feared. Like, just kind of, like, I don't know. I love how she just, like, really is, like, we're everything and you're nothing. Like, it's, like, it's, like, it's high school. But it's just, like, so extreme. I just, I don't know. It's cutting to the chase. Yeah, she does that. She just cuts right to the chase. She wastes no time. I love how, as a Courtney, uh, she just right away, like after they realize Liz is dead, she's just like, I know what I'm going to do now. Uh-huh. Like she just turns sociopathic, which I get. 
oddly relatable. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just make choices. Like your friend's dead. You gotta, gotta do something. You gotta about do it. something about it. <laughs> but I, I just love that that choice. <laughs> yeah. But can we talk about the costumes? Yeah. Okay. So Jawbreaker, we've been talking about the filming, like meh, but like the fashion mm-hmm. in Jawbreaker has been celebrated and praised by Vogue. Um from everyone to like Vogue to Rookie magazine. Oh. Um but yeah, like it's just like bright. Like we were talking about pastel colors, like vintage inspired. It's a lot of form-fitting cardigans, mm-hmm. a lot of PVC mini skirts and slip dresses and corsets. I just have to say on the platform of cardigans, I think they should always be for well, maybe not always, but there's not enough form-fitting cardigans out there. I wholeheartedly agree. I think about this a lot. I think on the platform of cardigans, I think unless they are loose and drapey in that boho moment. Yeah. One should never wear a cardigan that fits you or is slightly oversized. When you wear a cardigan, it should look like you're Pam Anderson and you just got a boob job. Yes. You put on a cardigan that's a child size. Yes. You wear the biggest push-up bra in the world Mm -hmm. and you put that on. That's the only way to wear a cardigan. Amen. Thank you. Period. And I felt strongly. I'm really glad you said I feel strongly about that. I've seen, I do too. I just like nothing says like I understand people not liking fashion. Uh-huh. Or not subscribing to it. You know, the Andy Sachs of the world pre-makeover. Sure. But if you are going to wear a cardigan, Mm -hmm. one, it's never going to do what you need it to do. Like, cardigans are not for being warm. They're for, like, what? Not showing a lot of skin at the office? Yeah, just, like, looking cute. Like, layering. But, like, keep it cute. Well, it always needs to be tight. There always needs to be an element. Cardigans are just drab unless they're tight. Anyways. I think it's also, like, where they hit, too. Like, some cardigans nowadays are too long. Like, they're going, like, almost to your knees, and it's, like, I don't... You know what I mean? If it's just the button-up ones. Do you remember those, like, 2007, like, long cardigans that were, like, almost dresses that were, like, the V-necks? Actually, yeah. That was such a time. That was. But, yeah, I'm on the platform of form-fitting cardigans. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. <laughs> so, Vicky Barrett was the costume designer, and she did Rami and Michelle, oh. and she did Clueless. This is why the fashion uh-huh. is so great. Um, And the director said that, I knew I wanted them to feel timeless and stylized with fashion that felt as hyper-colorful, unexpected, and intimidating as the jawbreaker itself. So, that mix of candy and punk. The innocent of the fixed 50s juxtaposed with femme fatales of the 20s and punk and fetish looks from the 70s and early 80s. That makes so much sense. It does. I mean, there is something a little John Waters-esque about, about it as well. Maybe that's the mix of the 50s and the punk. Probably, yeah. But it's cool. Like, the fashion, like, it's so cool. 
I dig it. I I even love sometimes like the background characters. Like I was, I had to pause the screen a couple times because there was this one girl wearing this like see-through, like you only really see the back of it because she's leaving as the girls are like coming out of the, I think like maybe like the entryway of the school or something. It's very quick, like just through a doorway. But you can see she has like a bright colored bra underneath this like light pink and it's like sheer. This shirt's sheer and it has like peplum at the bottom. It's just an interesting silhouette, but it's also sheer. And there's like a few moments in this movie where there's like see-through tops with like bras underneath or something like that, you know, or layering with like a bra underneath. And I'm just like, ooh. And that's it. But it's like in the context of a high school. And I'm just like, what? And I remember like back in the day, just like certain fashion moments thinking, you know, like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, when I get older, I'll be styling like that. But, you know, that moment never came. It could still come. It still could. I just am like, I don't know. I like. I just like looking too, like just at all the little details, you know. I don't know. Everyone's outfits were very thought out. Like even the background characters, like the girls in the bathroom, like hanging out. Like there's this one look that's like all plaid, and then there's that one girl that has like the spiky hair. It's kind of punk, and I'm just. It's just like, I don't know. I just thought it was so cool. I love the DIY almost element. I I love that. I think what is so cool is like Vicky Barrett the was going to vintage shops and just like, you know, dollar bins. Like because the budget was low and, and the costume budget was even lower. Mhm. Just that that ability to get scrappy yeah. with it and take certain elements from certain things and having to like dig mm-hmm. and piece together really creates a unique style and also being so fixated on color palettes yes the color palettes yeah and i know she was really inspired by grease Ooh. which totally shows i also love i my fate one of my favorite looks is like the all purple look from rose mcgowan mm. after fern's makeover when she turns into violet and she basically has that form-fitting cardigan mm-hmm. but she also has this like scarf a la Daphne, Daphne. from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But just all over, it's like grape mm-hmm. colored. I don't know. Yes, that one. Yeah. With the pants, the tight purple pants. It's yeah. just, it's so unique and funky. And it reminds me of a lot of fashions that are popular right now. I feel like if you look at like urban or even like a forever 21 situation or maddie and euphoria maddie and euphoria like so much of that is inspired by jawbreaker um you know you know like everything that like kylie jenner wears is very jawbreaker Mm -hmm. so but it's fun because like um versace's Autumn Winter 19 collection was kind of riffing off this as well. There's been been so many things in the recent years. I mean, obviously, like, Jeremy Scott mm-hmm. and Moschino, it's takes from Jawbreaker. Or maybe just the elements. It's in the same universe, though. It's Like, Jeremy Scott might not be like, hey, Jawbreaker, but his work for the past 20 years has been, like, in that mindset of taking like the fifties and the punk and like the pastels and kind of yeah morphing them together, I love that. 
So it is fun to see all the fashion influences. Mm-hmm. And to me, like the side characters, like Carol Kane, um, do you remember this trend kind of talking about the Adams family values mm-hmm. adjacent? But do you remember in the 90s when they would do the like 50s and 60s TV shows into movies like Leave it to Beaver in 1997 or like the Brady Bunch movie? You know, the Brady Bunch movie sounds a little familiar. I didn't know they did a Leave it to Beaver movie. That's weird. Like a whole new cast and everything or? Yeah, like in the it 90s. Yeah. That's um, so weird. No. With the guy from Happy Gilmore, like the villain. Oh. The villain guy. Huh. Uh, yeah, he's like the dad. He's like. That's weird. Yeah. I guess they could not just leave it to Beaver. They had to put it in the 90s. But that yeah. was like a trend. But it does really remind me of those two, like the Brady Bunch movie and Leave It to Beaver. Mm. It's like this weird 90s inspired by TV in the 60s. Yeah, it's like an obsession. That's so – it's interesting to me just how that stuff comes back around and how like nowadays too there's kind of an obsession with vintage or like we're obsessed with the 90s. Like it's just interesting to see – I don't know, just like what we were obsessed with at the time and why because I feel like there's certain things like – like when gro- like growing up, like you and I, that like even room decor was interesting. Like the lava lamps of it all. Like some of the rooms of these girls too. Like I was looking, like they have like um these kind of motifs or something on the wall that looks like maybe not record players, but like different colored squares, like kind of modern style. Like kind of that is kind of fifties, like mod, like mod style. Yeah, like fifties into the sixties. Like you know, like a Mondrian painting you know what i'm saying though like lines and colors and squares like just elements of that time and i think that's so interesting to be in the 90s because i I noticed that too but that was like a thing like yeah i remember um like having this as a kid but also seeing it in jawbreaker one of the girls rooms has the flower rugs yeah which really reminds me of like groovy girls i think that's what they were called yeah but but which is totally like a 60s motif so right i don't know it just fascinates me i'm like huh okay yeah yeah i thought you know like it's just weird living through time and you think certain things are original they're like oh wait that makes sense it's like we're always inspired we're always inspired yeah or i think it's interesting like the idea like during that time in the 60s the space race was going on Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of fashion that was like, you know, plastic or I don't know, whatever materials to make it look like it's in the future, like the Jetsons and yeah. and all that. And it it was funny, like in the turn of the millennium, those fashions came back. Mm-hmm. Um kind of like in a way of being like, oh, this is the future. Like, we're in the future now, so we're going to take these fashions from the 60s because we're in the future. And, like, I think now it's funny 20 years later that we're inspired by the, like, the Y2K. And mm-hmm. and, and I don't know what that says because we're in it. It's yeah. hard to, like, to reflect when you're in something. But I will be interested in a couple years to be like, oh, Y2K aesthetic. Like, why? Yeah. Why now? Or, like, where does it go from there? Like, you know what I mean? Have we already done all we can do? Like, 
with fashion and I don't know. I don't think so. I also think like I think we could go farther. I think mm. the only thing that bugged me about the Y2K like renaissance yeah. is they didn't take like a lot of the cool elements. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you know the big head little body shoots like Hype Williams style. Yeah. More of that. We should have done more of that or we should be doing more of that. We should be doing more with like the cool tone blues and silvers. Like I think the aesthetic hasn't been fully played out yet, but it is funny how now we're seeing like the skirt over the pants and like all the bad middle 2000s era things coming into fashion or like indie sleaze coming back. That's not even 20 years yet. And just like these micro trends like in TikTok and – it's interesting to see that because I feel like we didn't even take the good bits of the 90s or the 2000s. Like, we took the lame ones or, like, the very, like, Fashion Nova bits and, like, what? That's there's it. so much more to explore. I, I was literally about to say there's – I was about to say the same thing. Like, we could do so much more exploring with the 90s. Like, dig into so many – there's so many alternative styles. Like, there's so much – there's a plethora of – I don't know, looks we could uncover or mix up and be inspired by. And it's not all just dresses over jeans or like, you know, oh, that's the 2000s. But you know what I'm saying? Like, or the 90s aren't just, I feel like when you think of the 90s, it's just a couple different aesthetics that come to mind. Like either you're like kind of like posh spice, like kind of the body contour dress situation. Like a slip or dress. Like a slip dress or like maybe like the grunge of it but i feel like there's a lot more like when you dig or look into like movies and culture cultural things at the time like just like i don't know what people were wearing what people were inspired by the runway i don't know there's a lot of interesting stuff out there turtlenecks (laughs) i'm very surprised we when you know when we were like a couple years ago reviving 90s trends i'm very surprised we didn't go harder mm-hmm. on like the mid 90s like bimbofication of mm-hmm. it all like bimbo core that's what i want to see in tw- like cuz this is going to be our last episode of 2022 oh yeah i want bimbo core to come back mm-hmm. um i want indie sleaze style photography all like cobra snake to come back these are my wishes my only wish this year <laughs> um yeah, I want everyone to start dressing like they were in Mars Attacks, or at least in the at the premiere of Mars Attack. Um, but yeah, I think we're not done. We we haven't turned over every '90s fashion stone or early 2000s even. Like we gotta take some bits, or like even the the cute like early 2000s like Shannon Sasa Simone. Like I don't care about fashion mm. kind of looks with yeah. some tiny scarves. Be bold and. Rock a shag McRyan haircut. And <laughs> a tiny scarf. I don't know. I look like Kate Beckinsale and Serendipity. I think we need to bring those back. Oh, why not? Do you think you will get no. that haircut? Maybe. I don't know. Who's to say? I definitely think that Jawbreaker's premiere, mm-hmm. where Rose McCowan is wearing that dress, the 
silky dress. Yeah. With the boa. That's iconic mm-hmm. in it and of itself. That's a 90s trend we need to bring back. Yes. Like that's that whole look or like feather boa. whole look. Maybe not with Marilyn Manson on your arm. I think yeah. that's what we could leave in the night. I think. Oh, yeah. That was things. weird, too, in this movie. Like, because they were dating at the time. Right? I don't know. <gasps> Marilyn Manson just. Marilyn Manson's gross. Yeah. I don't know. And it was. Is it. I don't know. I, I felt like it was even weirder to see him without makeup. Like, it was almost more disturbing. He doesn't look good without makeup. It's, it's a weird thing about him. It's like he looks better when he's Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I don't know. I was disturbed. But Rose McGowan. Oh, this is what we need to bring back, Brie. Okay. Remember Rose McGowan when she wore that dress where you could see her whole like booty? The black like strings? I think I don't know how to describe this dress, but it's it's iconic. Wait, is it like it's like stripes that go down? Like, No. It's from the 1998 VMAs, but this the front of it. You can totally see her. It's like sheer. Oh, the one that's completely sheer. And it's like backless and you can see your whole booty. Like she just works it. I think bring that back. Be, be bold and wear that, you know? And she has freed the nipple. That is insane. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay. It's still so weird to see her next to Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I'm like, what? His outfit's very interesting, too. It's like rainbow cheetah print. I don't know what's happening. It's not... It's not the same vibe at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. But kind of into it. I mean, I'm kind of into his look. I'm not into Marilyn Manson, but... Same. Yeah. No, I mean, she can get it. She's She's pulled off some awesome looks. Yeah. <laughs> Bring that energy into 2023. Yes. Just the jawbreaker aesthetic, the Rose McGowan circa 1998. Yeah. See-through dress. I'm here for it. Yeah. Anything else I think I'm going to cap up on, cap off on. This is our last episode of the year. So. Yeah. I don't know. Um. But this year's been a lot of fun. Like, I've really enjoyed making these episodes. And I'm excited for the new year and new exciting things and getting into it. You know, just doing what we do. I'm excited. I'm excited for talking about more topics and having guests on. Oh, yeah. Um, Some goals. We have some fun things that we want to do. I know. I'm like, I don't know how much to reveal, but I'm excited. Um, but also to talk about, like, we're bringing out the big guns next year, which I'm excited. Yeah. Look out. <laughs> yeah. Take cover. <laughs> Put on your Shrek slut shirts and strap in, you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Rate and review us. Um, if you'd like to write in the show, email us at thelate to the party pod at gmail.com. Thank you guys again. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.